0: Hey, folks, I'm Tom. I'm KJ. You know the drill. We're back here once again to remind you about the benefits of the Dunlap Champions Club. If you haven't sampled it still, well, find one of your friends or somebody that has, you know, the spring game in the rearview mirror. Certainly uh, some other folks got an opportunity in there to enjoy what is uh, just terrific space. Every now and then when you're hanging out in the Dunlap Champions Club, an MC Hammer concert breaks out too so you never know what you're going to get
1: and if you haven't had the opportunity to even be there you can schedule a private tour just call 850-644-1830 tickets are available it's a it's a home schedule that uh, you'll enjoy visiting there and particularly if we're getting to those noon noon kickoffs you'll be air conditioned and ready to go well that
0: is a good point i just in general i didn't want to have a noon kickoff conversation but i get your point point. and the home schedule of course includes miami nc state louisville syracuse uh whatever it is the number to call or, or, or go online seminoles.com uh, slash tickets
1: and check out the dunlap champions club and we really like them because they allow us to then put this on the podcast and it's without commercial interruption is that how we say it this being front row knolls
2: take it away
0: good day everybody tom and kj back again how are you keith i'm doing well tommy how about you i am doing well the calendar says may already i'm not sure how that happens
1: only thing i know is sunday is mother's day gentlemen and ladies if you haven't taken care of it and made plans probably a good idea to do that
0: probably so yeah that's fair warning has been served we do our part now and then public service and and I need to take that reminder to heart as a matter of fact. <laughs> oh, I hope Laura's not listening. <laughs> uh, well, Laura or Block, <laughs> Laura and I just celebrated uh, her twenty five plus twenty five birthday in New York City. Twenty
1: fifth anniversary of her twenty fifth birthday. Yes, exactly. Or twenty first anniversary of her twenty ninth birthday. Just don't start it with a five, and we can get there. Anyway, we were in New
0: York all weekend, so uh, not that me- that means I can discount Mother's Day.
1: I was at a, a insurance meeting this morning uh, at fsu as part of the uh ongoing things i do with my adjunct position and i was talking with a gentleman from new york city that had flown down yesterday evening to attend this forum so if i'd have known you'd have been right what did you see the blocks yeah probably not <laughs> <laughs> what seven million people in that nine million people Where a good time just... t-
0: a good time was had by all yeah i can't believe the calendar says may uh, i feel like my new year's resolutions left in february oh. here we are in may so uh-huh. we need to start over again anyway let's talk baseball we have not you know we put this conversation off for because we didn't want to talk about it we didn't and now things have turned around a little bit though i think you know we we sort of know what they are yeah they're not a great team they're a good team they're a good team but they, they've, they've got
1: potential they shoot themselves in the foot too much they've got potential they've shown it a little, you know, we talked about the team from two years ago, how when they got to the Louisville series, you know, they really started showing out when they, when they did that. And then they won the ACC, this team has shown a little bit of that, but they haven't shown out for any extended period of time, but they've shown a little bit of it and they're young and they can hit every now and then they can throw, they still can't pick a ball up, but that's a whole other story. If you score 12 runs, maybe you can boot two or three um, it'll be interesting to see what they do today. Uh, and, and they're playing as we speak. Yep. And uh, and obviously, they've got a big series uh, at Louisville for the weekend. So, well, well no, they'll hear – and then yeah, up up there, Rich, sorry, Richmond, Richmond this weekend. weekend. I'm sorry. Yeah, so um, I went into this stretch of
0: nine games, if you count Pitt, the three midweeks, and then three against Richmond, thinking – Seven and two is kind of what they need to do. Well, they've already dropped the two, if that's the case. So we'll see how the Stetson games turns out, and then they get three against Richmond. On the one hand, it was encouraging that they won a series against an ACC team without getting a win from Parrish on the front end. On the other hand, Pitt's just not very good. And so it it just doesn't help. Doesn't help a lot. I will say this. It's looking more and more likely that, and I don't know that it was ever as dire as maybe what we thought, more and more likely that they'll get into the postseason but it won't be here it won't be here 40 becomes a tougher putt every game that gets away but it's still not out of the realm of possibility they're at 31 right now if they beat stetson and sweep richmond they'd be at 35 and you still have you know a chance to get one or two at, at uh or if you want to be really optimistic all three. three at louisville or one or two or three can they play four in the acc tournament just if thought. you win the the thing you could well or you get to the championship yep but you only get two in pool play. So Correct. if you don't have success there, the most you're going to get there is two. Correct. And then you get into the NCAAs and you're guaranteed two at least. Uh, and if you win, you get more. So anyway, but more than that, what I wanted to do, there's a there's a huge event for Mike Martin coming up on uh, Saturday night an evening with 11. And it will be a walk down memory lane. And I, I do hate that uh, at the moment, we're all prisoners of the moment. And so current state of affairs can cloud thinking over what this 40 years has been. So we're going to have one of uh, the gentlemen who knows uh, mike as well as anybody probably better than anybody save for carol maybe and that would be chip baker who's been joined at the hip with 11 even though he's been a uh, not the, been an on-field assistant for a number of years he's going to join us next segment we'll talk a little bit about uh, what it's been like to work with 11 all these years
1: there are some stories what's yours oh my favorite story um Probably has to do with Coach Martin is so adamant about being at Florida State that there was a situation where uh, the the bus line that um, Florida State uses, Astro, uh, a driver who has driven for the basketball team, who I know well will remain nameless, uh, who loves Florida State. When Florida State was at home, they didn't need the bus. So Astro contracted with Miami. It was a Miami series. So our our normal Florida State bus driver drove for Miami. And in keeping with just standard practice, Miami gave him a hat. And he felt obligated to wear it. Well, he drives Miami to, to, to Hauser. They're getting off. Eleven's parking his car and sees – his driver with the hat on <laughs> and says, you can't drive for us no more. Now, in one sense, that sounds like that's vindictive or selfish or, or, or immature, but that's my favorite story about how much 11 loves Florida State. He didn't want his Florida State bus driver to even wear a hat <laughs> even, <laughs> represented though, the even though he was doing his job. Oh, He, he just bleeds Garnet gold.
0: Yeah, Chip Baker will have some of those stories. We'll queue up for us. I've, I've shared this before. I think the first time I ever interviewed Mike Martin was 1989 ish because i was first or second year at fsu and literally we did the interview at second base as as batting practice was taking place and he was was working in place we we were on the the correct side of the screen (laughs) and he's he's barking out instructions to the second baseman and shortstop as we're doing the interview uh, always, always pleasant. And uh, I had the privilege to do, uh, games with, uh, on the radio with Lulu for several years, seven years, I guess I did them. I can't tell it t- was I, good you times. Know, I, one
1: other quick thing. I can't tell the story, right? If coach Bowden was here, he could, but coach Bowden had a, a situation where he was going to get to play. Uh, augusta let's save that one for chip because chip chip, will tell, okay. chip was I'm, in on never that never mind never yeah, mind yeah yeah we'll save the man and that is that uh, is hilarious yeah that's hilarious thank you so, I, I went down went too far down memory lane
0: so there, there's an event uh saturday night i think tickets are no longer on sale but hopefully a good crowd i know there'll be a lot of at the civic center a lot of folks uh in attendance uh, a lot of former players and and teams represented there and a lot who will appear by video because you know if you're buster posey a little hard to get back for an event like that in the middle of the baseball season that sort of thing but uh we'll tip our cap to him and then it gets into an interesting time because we do you know we're counting wins are they in the postseason when is it going to end it would appear that this weekend is the final home weekend now usually you go into this and you feel pretty confident that florida state's going to host a regional that's not going to happen this year i don't think so i would say at this
1: point even if they won out including the acc tournament they wouldn't host best case scenario according to some metrics would be a a third a number three seed at someone else's place well and if not
0: not even a first or second seed, if they won out and won the acc tournament i could see him being a two but i don't see him hosting right um either way it's the same task whatever you're seated you've got to get good pitching you got to pick up the ball you got to win some games but think about how long it's been mike martin baseball at fsu and we're down to three more home games barring weather and i haven't looked at the forecast it it, it is
1: something to think about because with those two thousand plus wins how many losses are there i've never looked at the losses i don't know is one 700
0: 600 maybe 800 it's uh i'm gonna guess it's in the 600 range so we're, we're well over 2500 games i introduced him one time at an event please welcome the all-time losing his coach in <laughs> fsu baseball history and it didn't really go over that well. Well,
1: you, And uh, as an aside, you know who the all-time losingest coach in Division I college basketball is? Who? Pat Kennedy. Really? He has more losses than any other coach in Division One because he coached so long and he had some st- stops. When, is that a true he, statement? I, I believe it's true. And he has some stops, you know, where he was. Sorry, Patty, that was Keith who brought that up. I'm just saying, uh, it 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 illustrates how long his career was, not how good or bad he was. Well, I think the all-time losingest pitcher in big league history
0: is the same guy that's the all-time winningest pitcher in big league history, named Cy Young. So, uh, there but you go. it speaks to longevity. Longevity is really it, consistency, and longevity is really what Mike Martin's career. Uh, has been about for 40 and, years to be. I, and I, I don't know the stat now, but maybe two years ago when Florida State was at 38 straight, 48 win seasons,
1: Virginia was next, and they were at six. And he's the same coach at the same program. And then it. to bring up what you don't want to bring up, you, you've you got the, the consistency, but he, he hasn't won the national championship, and there are those that would say they would rather have up and down. They'd rather had 10 mediocre years in there with at least one national championship, than 40 seasons of superior baseball. But you know what the counter to that would be right now? That's where we are in football,
0: right? So we were we were up, and now we're down. So are we enjoying that, or did we like it more in the 90s when we were playing for a national title every year, even if we didn't win them?
1: I think the answer is obvious.
0: And, so and, it's, and that's a very good argument. It, it's all a matter of where you sit at the time. At the time. I mean, yeah, football was so so what we're saying is we're okay with being down in football for another 5 years and then win a title again. I'm not sure that would go over yeah, well, <laughs> I know. <laughs> but but it is an interesting uh, Very much argument. So. I don't I don't have the perfect answer. I I do know one of the things that levels the playing field in baseball more than it does in football is the limited scholarships. And so the top teams can't hoard all the good players, so to speak, and uh, because of the 11.7 or 11.9 whatever the whatever number the is. number is now. Yeah, and so uh, other teams um, can can more you know can win a championship like we saw a couple of years ago that, that that wasn't a power five or Oregon State shows up I mean they're power five but you, you understand the point well, I'm making
1: the same thing happened in football you know remember when when I was playing back in the dark ages your scholarship limitation uh, prior to seventy three or seventy four there was no scholarship limitation so the Alabamas of the world signed everybody then it became one hundred and five and then the best move that college football made was when they went from 105 to 85 because those other 20 positions could now go to other schools and not be hoarded and be second and third teamers you know on the bigger schools and and in the reverse of that in my opinion is something that baseball needs to look at because I think 11 point whatever is ridiculous and I know they just voted down a third paid assist third paid assistant and I, I get that there are a bunch of schools out there with financial issues but there's 65 schools that are doing okay and there's another that 60 of them in the next group that are doing reasonably well and and then there's another
0: 200 still playing baseball and yeah, so at some point
1: we need to there needs we to need be, to look at it
0: yeah it's gonna it's gonna break away is is ultimately where that's headed which the the smaller schools don't want and the bigger schools probably do to make it more more equitable at the at the highest level all right we will uh get the colonel chip baker on the horn and we'll get him queued up for the next segment i will remind you that uh you probably have noticed by the way with due respect to the students who we love but commencement happened and so traffic will be a little bit lighter the legis- be gone. the legislators be are gone. gone the students are gone be gone easier to get from point a to point b next week is locals uh season for the folks at for the table which means uh, from may 13th to may 16th uh, stop into madison social or centrale grab a card you get 20 percent off your lunch second drink is free during happy hour and uh, so, I encourage you to do that if you've never sampled uh, either those places or township down uh, at college town. Chip Baker, the colonel on deck and moves into the batters box right after this on front row halls. We welcome you back to Front Row Knowles. Tom and KJ with you. We're going to continue this baseball conversation as we fire up the Earl Bacon Agency hotline, the Earl Bacon Agency, ensuring your future together. I want to set this up right, Keith, and you and I have both done broadcasts and have known this gentleman for a long time, but I'm maybe the most succinct way I can, I can tell this is when I've called games with Chip previously over the years he is the connection with all of the former players that have come through FSU over the last 30 or 40 years. And so if you make a comment on air that so-and-so was the best or had the best game, immediately his phone starts blowing up and the next thing you know it's Doug Mankavich or it's Eduardo Perez or it's J.D. Drew or it's... Anyway, Chip, you've got quite the Rolodex of contacts there. How are you, sir?
3: Thomas, doing great. We're on a bus heading down to Stetson there going after and get a ball game win tonight.
0: How many hours of your life do you estimate have been spent on a bus heading to a baseball game or home from a baseball game, Chip?
3: Well, go back to several years ago, I sent you a text or an email saying our our charters did not have wings. (laughs) We're very (laughs) fortunate now that most of our charters have wings on them the day yep. we're on a charter with uh, i think it has 10 wheels on <laughs>
0: <laughs> and obviously we're pre-recording this inter- interview with chip yes. because the owls will be playing uh, when you hear this uh, chip let's you know you you've been around fsu baseball forever and i know you've you've been in the director of baseball operations role for the last several years and you've been announcing the games for acc network extra where i had uh, a lot of fun calling games with you for a lot of years and we did some radio together too but when did you, what, what what was your first mike martin encounter or experience when you came here to be an assistant i presume you'd cross paths somewhere if he if he brought you down uh walk us down memory lane
3: time i go back when i was a young assistant coach at virginia tech and rod delmonico and i rode down here to work baseball camp at florida state picture yourself out at messer park this is before everything else was built even before the prison was built and a foul ball went over the backstop and rolled across that old hot tarmac of the Del Mabry Field out there. And Rod looked at me, and I looked back. I said, "Rod, I'm not going across that hot asphalt to chase that baseball. Florida State's got more problems than me getting that baseball back." But it's, it's been a love affair of this wonderful place ever since then.
0: Well, and then when did you get the offer? What was your you know when when did that moment come to join his staff?
3: Well, I was at Virginia Tech at the time with one of my mentors, Chuck Hartman. He and Mike Martin were great friends. We all competed against each other in, in the uh, the old Metro Conference. Well, I left Virginia Tech to go to Georgia Tech. In 1984, I was at Georgia Tech. and I had an opportunity to follow that and came to Tallahassee in August of that year. And it's been, a, it's been 35 great years.
1: Chip, you're always asked, I know you're asked, describe 11. What story do you tell people that you think best describes Mike Martin Sr.?
3: You know, I go in with him a lot, and it's behind doors. He truly cares. He truly cares about the players. It's never been about him. It's all about the program. That's what he's instilled in me, and I guess I've been sort of the the tip of the sword for Mike Martin to spread the, the the program. And he's allowed me to do this, and it's all done. And one word you can you can describe Mike Martin is classy. And his first class is the way he's done it, and that's the way he's going through his last year. So
0: 1985 Mike Martin, when you first met him or coached with him compared to right now, what are the differences? What are the
3: similarities? The fire's still burning. It's the same fire that's in his belly right now that it was in 1985. He coached third base in 1985. Then he threw me to the to the Wolves, and I'll coach third base the next 18 years. But he's a teacher, and you watch him to this day. Even in the ball game yesterday, he's still teaching, and that, that's the biggest thing. Mike Martin loves this game. He loves Florida State, and he loves to be with these young men and teach. And obviously... Does a pretty good job because he's got a whole bunch of wins.
1: <laughs> that he does. Hey, did he ever did he ever pull you to side when you sent somebody home that got thrown out and and seriously try to explain to you how he would do it differently? Or did he just Opening let you do day. your job?
3: <laughs> Opening day, 1986, Tom, K.J., I got two guys thrown out in about the sixth inning on one play. The first <laughs> ball hit off the screen. I set the stage. Luis Alicea hit it. I have Ed Fulton at second, a catcher, Steve Taddeo at first, and the fans learned by name real quick. <laughs> Let's just say the next week at practice, we worked a lot of balls off that screen in right field.
0: Well, things turned out uh, pretty well in 1986. Yep. As, uh, yep. You know um so so let me ask you looking at this year's team chip uh t- to your point there so there there was a you know you just illustrated an example here's something we need to get better at because uh we need to make sure we're round and third we're seeing the signs or you're doing a better job as a coach whatever it is so you worked on it well this year's team has had trouble picking up the baseball and i i know they're working on it maybe it's not the best example because it doesn't feel to me like it's improved as as much as i, I thought it might but um how does he manage you know, devoting the right amount of time to, okay, we need to get better at bunting or we need to get better at fielding or base running and, and, and balance that. How have you seen him do that throughout his career?
3: Well, obviously, you can go out there and hit ground balls, these young man, but sometimes it's attention to detail. The small things, the big things take care of themselves. You're teaching kids how to bunt. Most of these kids have never had the bunt ever coming through the high school ranks. And to get into college baseball, if you get a bunt down and move runners up, you put pressure on the opposing defense. He's worked drills of hitting ground balls. He has a ball off a tee. These guys try to get try to get 10, uh, nine outs or twelve outs in a practice and just a a game. You just bottom line, you got to get them to concentrate. I think to concentrate for a three hour period in this day and time, you know, as a parent, sometimes it's tough, and that's bottom line. I think that's the biggest key.
1: All right, let's go to the fun stuff. Uh, Tom Tom uh, would not let me tell my version of the story because he wanted you to tell the version. Cause I've heard it a couple different ways. The topic is uh, playing golf uh, up at Augusta. Uh, my version of the story starts with Coach Bowden getting an invitation to play Augusta, and he invites Eleven to go with him. But then Coach Bowden decides he wants to play a little joke on him.
3: <laughs> well, I'll let Coach Bowden take all that credit, but we did play a little joke on Coach Martin. It started back in July the previous summer because Coach Martin wanted to know when we are traveling back. And, and, okay, I'm outside of the seven-year. I can't get arrested for this. But we moved an ACC series. We played a single game on a Friday. We played a doubleheader on a Saturday so we could travel back to Tallahassee on Sunday for Coach Martin and Coach Bowden to travel on Monday to Augusta. And the rest is history.
1: <laughs>
0: well, just right there, Move you've the already
1: series.
0: you've already told a great story. Okay,
1: so what happens on that Monday regarding playing Augusta? Well, my and my version has has Coach Martin toting his clubs from Hauser over to the Moore Center and getting a telephone call on his cell phone. Did you hear that part of it? <laughs> <laughs> that
3: part of it was a week before. We jokingly had a phone call come and ask Coach. They came and asked Coach Martin. He said, Coach. Uh, Asked Coach Martin, would he speak to the people up in Atlanta uh, at the Home Depot, home territory, and the payday, again, this is this is 20 years ago, the pay, 25 years ago, the payday was a $25,000 fee, and Mike turned them down to go play golf at Augusta. And then the joke was Coach Bowden's secretary called down and says Coach Bowden was going to cancel the golf because somebody turned down a $25,000 speaking fee and that's as far as we got it. It was a big joke, and luckily Mike didn't fire me. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, that's
0: good stuff, Colonel. Yeah. What what other things that are outside the statute of limitations might you be so inclined to share with our fine, astute uh, listeners to Front Row Knowles?
3: I tell you what, to, to be with Coach Martin, and I get you know like, traveling with a legend. I mean, I, I he's Mike Martin to me. He's been my boss for thirty five years, and I go to him and I give him options. I don't give him a whole lot of options. I give him options, but I don't give him options in front of the other assistant coach because I've coached all those guys. I don't care what they want. I will not care what the man wants, and that's pretty much how we operate.
0: Thirty-five years. It's a that's a long. Do you, do you have a? Okay, here's here's one for you. So we all know where he positions himself in the dugout, Chip, and uh-huh. or or when he's out having a mound visit, but he's really not talking to the pitcher. He's talking to the umpire he passes on the way to the mound. Can you paraphrase what one of those conversations might sound like when he's really
3: trying to get at the men in blue?
0: Well,
3: the biggest the biggest thing with Mike Martin, he'll never show up a player. He may go out to the mound and talk to the pitcher, but he's, he, he's really mad at his second baseman. Or he may bring a hitter over and talk to the hitter, but he's really talking to the umpire. But the best one goes back, I think, in the World Series, and Mike went out to the mound, and he waited for the umpire who made a call, and Mike baited him. The umpire took the bait, and let's just say Mike Martin brought that fish and put him in the boat because it was a it was a good exchange. He never showed him up, but you knew it was coming, and the umpire took the bait, and Mike Martin got him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what is his? Um... Well, I mean, the the elephant in this conversation, uh, Chip, is is winning the big one out in Omaha, which is, you know, when you go 40 years and you're as good as what he's been and as consistent as what he's been, uh, it's all tremendous, but there's always the but that, that follows that. How much does that eat at him that he has not won the big one in your estimation?
3: Everybody talks about not getting that big one. I mean, he's played for it. We played for it twice. And you've got to get lucky. You gotta get you gotta be like University of Virginia did four years ago and go to go to LA, go to California and win a regional and fly back on this charter plane with the University of Maryland and then you two face it off in the super, you get hot at the right time. That's the magic we're trying to create because somehow somehow those cards haven't fallen for, for Mike Martin. And you gotta get out there and get you know, you go back to nineteen ninety nine, we're playing Miami on a two two pitch. And the umpire flinchman called ball four, excuse me, called ball three, and and the next pitch the guy hit a double on the gap. You go back to those things, Tom, you don't forget those things. And sometimes maybe those cards will fall. Maybe the baseball guides and everybody else will look after Mike Martin one more time.
0: Chip, tell us what's on tap on Saturday night. What the the you know, whatever you can reveal, because I know there's an element of surprise involved, I'm sure.
3: It's gonna be A celebration of a tremendous career from Mike Martin. And one thing I went to him this past week, I said, Mike, I want you to sit back and enjoy this night. We got some great people coming in to speak, and it's going to be all positive. Everybody's going to throw a little jab at you. I said, I don't want you to have to sit back and worry about making a reply back. That's what I'm going to do at the end before everything else starts going. But we got it lined up, Tom and KJ, for people who were associated with Coach Martin from the 1960s the 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s. And we got a great, great group of guys that are going to be brief, quick, quick to the point. And again, it's, it's all about praising Mike Martin. I think it's a wonderful event. We've had a tremendous turnout as far as ticket sales and, and going from there. And it's the day before Mother's Day. And reason why we're doing it is because we can give away $100 bills and people are not going to show up at, at 1 o'clock on a Sunday. So it's a great sense. The way for Mike Martin to close out his regular season at Florida State and have a great thing and a, a great function. The Seminole Boosters have been wonderful to work with and putting this together. It's their rodeo, and it's really coming into a, a great piece for Saturday night.
0: If you are giving away hundred dollar bills Sunday, just let me know what time, and I'll show up. Right? There'll be
1: two of us. <laughs> I hear you, brother. Hey, uh, you. Tom and I were debating, Colonel. We, you know, if, if we were going to uh, send eleven a gag gift, the best one we came up with is we would postmark the package from Coral Gables, and we would include a pair of binoculars and two walkie talkies <laughs> in it. Do you think he'd receive that well? I, I'm just asking.
3: Well. Last year, <laughs> I like what – I know exactly what you're talking about, and I'm going to give you – probably what Mike Martin would say was be a no comment, but <laughs> Mike Gambino, the coach at Boston College, met us last year in April on a cool uh, Friday morning before I, we played that ball game, and he brought Mike Martin a bobblehead doll from, from Coach Jim Morris' bobblehead from the University of Miami. <laughs> it's funny, Mike Gambino was playing Florida State one weekend and going to Miami the next weekend. And there's really good fun between Coach Coach, Greg, uh, uh, have a great laugh on at that expense there.
1: <laughs> I, I do not have a, a, a bobblehead of anybody from Miami. I have a Mike Martin bobblehead from I do I gave it out last year. Yeah. Hey, I got Mike's, I got Leonard's, and I got Bobby's all in my office at uh-huh. the Earl Bacon Agency there, side by well, side. Mike
3: Martin. Well, Mike Martin has a Jim Morris bobblehead. At least he had one. I'm not sure where. Is I'm it going.
0: headless now? I don't. I'm... Hey, <laughs> hey, Chip. You know what we need though? We need that that life size picture of you. Where if you're what was it? If you're taller than Chip, you're in free. <laughs> Is that what the what it was?
3: <laughs> we may make an appearance. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Hey. You're taller than me. You, if you're shorter than me, you get in free. Oh, that's okay. Oh, I had be, I have to, You have understand. to be.
1: You have to be taller than him to get on the ride. <laughs> that's
3: true. <laughs> but that's not going. If I break out that, people think they can get in free for the event Saturday
0: night. Oh, all right. Hey, Chip, we appreciate a little bit of a walk down memory lane. I know you've put a lot of work into this Saturday night's event. Uh, not to mention your entire uh, past 35 years working with the legend that is Eleven. And you know, the footnote here, Chip, as we let you get going. Hey, you know, records always get broken, but this one really—I mean—he's the winningest coach in the history of any sport in, in NCAA athletics. And I, you know, you got to really love baseball uh, with the money they're paying head coaches now to stick around long enough to chase this one down. I'll just leave this one may be out there a while.
3: We all, we all like to have longevity in our life and career. I hope I'm around long enough to see someone get close to it. But I tell you what, <laughs> you right now. Forty years you got to win 50 a year you still don't have enough but if you want to go 50 years and only win 40 you don't have enough either so you've got to tip your cap to mike martin that An think, incredible yeah, career
0: yeah that really does put it in perspective you could start today and coach 40 40 years and win 50 a year and, you'd still, <laughs> and you're still short
3: you're still short. <laughs> you're still short you're still half a year short yeah, yeah.
0: wow yeah. all right hey colonel we'll let you go uh go back to being bus captain and uh we'll see <laughs> you at the ballpark.
3: Guys, I appreciate what you guys are doing, and thanks a lot,
0: Chip Baker, the Colonel, the Dobo, uh, the guy who's got the—he's uh, got all the key numbers in that—that uh, that, the Rolodex that is his phone. I guarantee you, it,
1: it, it'd be better him telling the story. But I just thought of it, and I know you know what it is. But and this is not necessarily humorous per se, but you know, uh, they were traveling. Was were they on the Golden Gate Bridge, or they were somewhere in San Francisco traveling? Either close they to, they were on the Pacific on the, Coast Highway. Yeah, and the bus driver had an episode, and if Baker doesn't jump out of his seat and grab the steering wheel, there's no telling where that bus goes. And he gets it maneuver over to the side safely. And and I don't mean that in a humorous sense, but just in another one of those, you just can't believe the story. Yeah, they were
0: playing Stanford, and that was uh, miraculous. And I think yeah. Mike Martin was involved in helping steer that bus too. Might have, well, might have been as well. And, and, the, and the bus driver didn't make it. I did not know I that don't, part I don't, of it. I don't, I don't think he made it. But there was a, a big crowd of FSU folks that greeted the team and Chip and Eleven b- upon their arrival back home. Yeah, for those who don't know, and most that are listening to this show probably do, but the reference there to Miami is when Miami was caught stealing signs God, has that been 15 years? I was actually doing the television broadcast for that game. And the way we would set that up with Sun Sports is, uh, you know, when you've got rivals, there'd be one homer for each school, if you will. So I don't remember if it was Frank Fort or it might have been Dave Lamont, uh, both longtime South Florida guys that did a lot of Miami broadcasts. He and I doing the game. And at the time, you had no idea what was happening. I mean, you kind of surmised, but... We didn't really know. You just see everybody yelling at each other. What else could they be screaming at? It must be that Miami's stealing signs. And it later got confirmed to FSU, when I say later, a year or two later. I mean, I think they – the reason they – Jamie Shoup heard it on the radio – to be frank, I mean, they were out there in center field with their binoculars and they're calling out whether it's a fastball or a curveball. And Jamie's trying to communicate to the bullpen and he stumbles across the channel where he hears here's him yelling fastball, fastball, curveball, curveball, you know, and they're signaling it to the batter. So anyway, but it got confirmed by Miami players later when they were in the minors with former FSU players that, yeah, that's what was yeah.
1: going on. There was also a corollary story that there, at one point there was somebody in there locker room or in their in their um one of their meeting areas that was actually picking up the sun sports feed from the television but that didn't work because of the delay right (laughs) they weren't able to execute that plan was another one of the urban stories that got told i think
0: that was a good one about moving an acc series so you
3: could
1: play in augusta though well nowadays we only move a game time if it involves tv well the story (laughs) that i remember coach bowden is is that Coach Martin was supposed to walk over to the Morse Center, and he and Coach Bowden were going to ride together out to the airport. And Mike is walking across Eleven is walking across the, the 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 area well before you know when Pensacola Street was still there. He probably came through the tunnel. I don't even know, but he had his cell phone with him. And and Coach Bowden, people forget, he had a little window in Sue Hall's office that would face what would be north. And and somehow, again, Coach Bowden, maybe he embellished the story to me or whoever he was telling us, but Levin is walking across with his golf bag and Coach Bowden has Sue, Coach uh, Miss Sue, call him on his cell phone and say that the trip's been canceled. <laughs> and so you see Levin walking across with his golf well, bag and he answers his cell phone and you see him shrug his shoulders and turn around and walk back to Hauser. Now, I don't know if that part was true or not. But that was
0: th- well, the first part that Chip told is definitely true because there was video of it. and I, I, I saw the video. Um, and back then it was a VHS tape, I think, that I got a copy of. <laughs> it might have
1: been beta, yeah. depending on what machine you had.
0: Our next guest has no idea what beta or VHS even is. He, se- not, he doesn't know what a cassette tape is. Exactly. He lives in an MP3 file world. He's our Seminoles.com <laughs> insider, Tim Linefelt, and he's up next. Get there for free,
2: Front Row Knowles is brought to you by Cornerstone Tool and Fastener. Online at ctf.nu. Here's Tom and Keith.
0: We are back on Front Row Knowles. Good baseball conversation with the Colonel. And another good conversation coming up with our Seminoles.com insider, Tim Linnefeld, who also joins us via the Earl Bacon Agency hotline. Tim, how are you?
1: I'm doing great, Tim. How are you? Tim, we've had conversations last year. We'll have to talk about it again when football season starts this year, about walk-up music, i.e. baseball for football. But nickname, what is Lena Felt's nickname, Tommy? Do you know? I do not know. I haven't heard. That's a good
3: I, I don't.
4: Early, uh, when I was growing up, uh, sometimes people would call me Timbo. That was always fine. Um, I was Timmy when I was little. But uh, beyond that, I haven't really had a whole lot.
0: Timbo and Timmy, huh?
4: Yeah, I mean, those aren't exactly the most creative, are they?
0: No, no, they're they're not. We'll we'll let you think about it. Or we'll come up with an with, with the nickname. We'll, we'll for you. just come up with one. Hey, you can do that. We're going to start with basketball first, even though we just had a long baseball conversation. I do want to go there. So first of all, Keith introduced this in the in the first segment. Do you know who the losingest basketball coach is in NCAA history? I do
4: actually. I do uh, pour, uh Pat Kennedy.
1: Oh, oh, no. We, water. This just in. This, this just, just in. See, I wasn't mistaken. was
0: just misplaced well i guess so. i guess pat's heard him so anyway that's what he introduced but we looked it up and and now another fsu connection cliff ellis is number one on that list
1: who is a graduate of florida state university Uh, and and pat's number two and pat's number two
2: so, well, and, you know,
4: I'd say, hey, I mean, it sounds uh, a certain way when you say it, but to uh, have gotten to that point.
1: Well, we made, we made the point in the first segment. Time, which means you had to have won a lot of games, too. So. We made the point in the first segment that that is more of a longevity thing than a poor coaching thing. Because you, you won't get any more jobs yes. if you're not any good at it. Right. And right. the
0: connection here is that Mike Martin is the losingest baseball coach in FSU history, but also the winningest coach in any sport in NCAA history. So, lo and behold, Tim, here we are. And this is the final home weekend. I mean, there's not a scenario I can come up with where they would host in the regionals. I guess I guess the only scenario would be they get in a regional on the road somewhere as a two or a three and they win it. And, and the it, one doesn't advance. And whoever advance. it's paired up with doesn't advance. But beyond that, this is pretty much gonna be it for Mike Martin baseball at Hauser, which is hard to fathom. I mean, it really is for me.
4: Yeah, you know, we were kind of kicking around that idea earlier this week. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, I'd say, like you, you said, there are some avenues. That would be a scenario. I, You know, I'm curious to see if if the team were able to get hot and sweep Louisville and win the ACC tournament. I know we're talking about you know, tall orders here, but I'm just saying if that were to happen, um, and we know how, how good this team is in the ACC tournament or has been in the last couple of years, uh, would that at least give the committee something to think about? I don't know. Uh, but it'd be worth you know finding out if you could if you could do it. But otherwise, you're right. I mean, I think the uh, the, the likelihood is that uh, the Sunday will be uh, will be his last game uh, at at Dick Hatter Stadium on the field uh, that bears his name. And and yeah, man, it's it's kind of hard to imagine. Uh, you know, we we've known for a long time that this is the last season. But uh, but you, you know, and especially at the beginning of baseball season, you sort of go into it and you're like, oh, you know, baseball season's a long time. There's so many games. It'll it'll, it'll take a while. Uh, but now here we are, you know, coming up toward the toward the end of it, and it's it's kind of hard to believe that it's here already.
0: Do you suspect in terms of timing to name his successor that it will be mid to late June-ish as compared to a day or two after whenever FSU season ends, just because they're going to need time, whoever the committee has narrowed in on, to, to talk to other candidates who might still be coaching?
4: Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah, it, it's, it's such a strange deal to me. Um, I, I don't know. Exactly what, they, I, and the truth is, I haven't really heard very much uh, movement on that at all. Um, I would think it'd probably be a little while, if nothing else, just to almost as a show of respect, you know, like to to kind of let the season settle a little bit um, and and then kind of move on. Like I don't, you know, I don't think that they're going to announce, you know, the day after the season ends. I don't think they're going to announce the, the the new coach or, or you know anything like that. Uh, even if it, it turns out to be Mike Martin Jr., um, I think that they'll probably. Kind of just let let the let the dust set a little bit, and then in a week or two, and then you know it also depends on you know when Florida State season ends and when other schools season end too. That that
1: factors in as well. Well, and again, confirming my understanding is the committee has been formed. They may have even met, but their job is to come up with a short list that they will then give to the athletic director for consideration. Is that is that not, is that the 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 framework in which you understand things are going to transpire? Mm-hmm.
4: Yes, and that's also been kind of what, how I've understood it uh, for a while, and I haven't heard anything, any real updates. There really hasn't been a lot of, of talk or discussion that I'm aware of uh, over the course of the season.
0: So moving it back to on the field, Tim, are we confident now in light of the fact that Florida State's won, what, four or five ACC series in a row now that they're, you know, barring just a complete collapse tonight and, and through the end of the regular season and in the tournament, they're, they're in the NCAA tournament?
4: I think so. Yeah, you know, looking at uh, uh, Baseball America, uh, yeah, Baseball America this morning they actually have them as a two seed uh, going to um, going to Nashville to play Vanderbilt, which would, uh, on a personal note, I think would I would be perfectly fine with. But uh, but yeah, I mean when you are getting that high, uh, yeah, I mean I think you are you are you are in pretty good shape to to make the tournament. I think they've done enough uh, in that regard.
1: You mentioned uh, their success uh, in the ACC tournament. It's been a nice little run for the baseball team of late.
4: No, it really, really has, uh, you know, obviously. Are um, you talking about specifically for the conference tournament? For the
1: tournament, conference you
4: know, tournament, uh, yes. Yeah, there's something about that uh, about that tournament, uh, and I don't know, you know, exactly what it is or if it's even possible to describe it, but, I mean, they've been uh, virtually unbeatable in it over the last couple of years, and then, you know, you remember um, you remember in 17, two years ago, I mean, that was kind of what spurred them uh, on their run to Omaha, man. There's no doubt that, that you know, the last couple of years, it's been really friendly to them. And then, um, you know, the, the there's guys on this team that, that know how to be a part of that, who have been part of those teams. Um, so, uh, yeah, man, I mean, I think we'll we'll see. Uh, and like the last time they finished the season with a three-game series at Louisville and then went on to the ACC tournament, and, you know, some pretty good things happened. So uh, maybe something like that can happen again.
0: The ladies on the diamond have also been pretty doggone good in the ACC tournament. Uh, And this time around, it used to be the norm back when uh, in the Joanne Graff years, there weren't a lot of schools in the ACC that were playing softball, and FSU hosted the ACC tournament perennially. And now I think it's been since 2013 because uh, other programs have come along and, and built their own stadiums. But uh, it would appear, and, and I don't think they finished with the top record in the regular season in the ACC this year. I think they finished second. But another good opportunity for Lonnie's team here at home to just uh, you know put another trophy in the case.
4: Yeah, no, I you know I understand the the records and all that, but I still think you know given their body work and who they are, and then also the fact that they're playing here at home, I still think you have to consider them. Uh, to be the favorites uh, in uh, in that tournament, I mean they're twenty five and two at home this year, uh, forty eight and eight overall, and, and still hovering around the top five in the RPI. So you know they're they're doing fine, um, and I, I think that you know it's kind of a cool a uh, cool stretch for them. I mean they're going to be potentially home for a while when you consider the ACC tournament, uh, and they'll be. Uh, I don't see any scenario in which they don't host regionals and super regionals. Uh, as long as they're in the tournament. So, you know, they're, the, uh, the, the road to Oklahoma City, so to speak, is taking an extended route uh, through Tallahassee, and I'm sure they're glad for that.
1: Women's golf is performing well. The men, I think, play next week. Uh, I mean, we're getting towards the tail end of uh, everyone's season. Uh, it was a, I talked to Jim Curry. Earlier this week, uh, one of the athletic directors at Florida State, and last Saturday was not a good Saturday for FSU, I think is the way he termed it, in terms of some f- folks getting bumped from tennis and those types of things. But yeah. we still got teams competing, I guess is the point I'm making.
4: Yeah, it, it was tough. You know, last week, uh, I think uh, beach volleyball, men's and women's tennis, both were bursting in the best. All three of them were playing uh, kind of morning, noon, and night, and, and each had, I think, designs. On uh, on advancing further than they did, but I mean that's you know that's the way it goes sometimes in the postseason when you get this thing elimination type stuff. I mean beach volleyball was in the NCAA championships and and just lost to uh, you know a USC team and those those West Coast Southern California teams USC UCLA Pepperdine. I mean they're always going to be tough to beat. That's kind of the hot the hotbed of the, that sport. But uh, as you said, the the, the golfs are, are doing really well right now, or at least the women are, are, who are playing right now are, are doing well. I lastly checked were. Uh, comfortably within the uh, the top six uh, spaces needed to advance uh, to the next round. So uh, so they're doing some good things. And then hopefully uh, hopefully the men can follow suit uh, next week and lead us right into uh, the postseason for softball and baseball.
0: Tim, let's go back to basketball where we started and tell us about the latest 7-footer that is transferring into FSU.
4: Well, he does have a, uh, a, a, I guess you would call a Power 5 pedigree coming from, uh, from Ole Miss, 7-foot. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Leonard Hamilton loves his, uh, his his seven foot guys, um, and and you know they needed to uh, to shore shore up some guys there. I mean, seven foot, two hundred sixty pounds, Dominic Ollet I think is how you say that. I'll get uh, you know clar- clarification for sure.
1: Um, nickname?
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. We uh, we need a nickname for him too, huh? Um, didn't play a bunch at uh, at Ole Miss. Uh, I don't think you know. I think why was probably you know, part of the reason for the transfer. Uh, maybe not a uh, you know a huge uh, just maybe not a huge fit there, um, but I mean you know you look at Florida State what they've been able to do with their big men and, and you know able to do uh, in terms of developing some of those guys um, you know I think it's been uh, you know it's encouraging and, and they uh, they need some guys to come in and, and fill some uh, space in the uh, you know in the post man they're losing a lot of guys they're losing a lot of guys from last year's team altogether but um, you know I think that uh, you you uh, if you look at uh, a, pedigree that says you're good enough to play at the power five level play in the SEC. Uh, you like to think that some of that potential is untapped. Uh, maybe you get in here and get in your strength conditioning program, get working out with your guys, and, and you maybe find something that uh, the other staffs weren't able to find.
0: Well, you got Stan Jones to help you find that, and he does a great job with the post players. So thought I it, thought it was a good move there. I know you can't comment Absolutely. on the uh, uh, the two-way player that commit. committed to FSU. To commit. So why, why don't we close on this note, Tim, uh, because I saw a lot of social media traffic from uh, – the fsu basketball twitter feed but also pj savoy phil Koffer. uh commencement ceremonies were last weekend and I, you know one of the under the radar things about leonard is that all his guys graduate and i suppose fee probably didn't right now going out early but it was it was another banner year for that with all the seniors and you did a nice story on kenny shaw finishing up uh, and getting his degree which uh, i'm sure was well received on seminoles.com
4: yeah yeah no I, it was cool and um and, and Kenny, you know, I think we talked about it a little bit last week. is uh, just such a cool guy. Uh, one of my favorite players to have uh, come through here over the past few years. And, and you know, he kind of sees uh, the big picture. And to, to tie that into what you're saying with, uh, with with Leonard and his staff, I mean, I think look, you know, I don't, don't want to single them out and say they're the only ones. because I think most of the most if not all of the the coaches and, and programs here uh, see that big picture as well. But man, you know, when you talk to Leonard Hamilton, even off the record or, or even you know, on the record too, I mean, he'll he'll, he'll tell you. Uh, I mean, he really sees the value of getting his guys, their degrees, uh, knowing what that can do for them. And, and I think that, uh, you know, that's a big part of, of what he, he talks to uh, parents about. And, you know, like, I mean, every, every coach, you know, every coach across the country, you know, cares about, you know, kids' grades, particularly the part of, of keeping them on the field. But I think Leonard sees, again, the big picture of, you know, these, uh, these are young guys who you know, can get themselves set up for life. Uh, if they can get out of here with their degree, and he does everything he can, and and to to make sure that happens, and then surrounds himself with staff and support guys that that feel the same way, it's pretty cool, honestly.
0: Yeah, congrats to uh, to all the new alums of Florida State University, Timbo. We appreciate it as always. Catch you, you later, to Timmy.
1: <laughs> Catch you later, okay. Timmy.
0: Yeah, that See was either can. to go to Tom- easy to go to Tombo. All right, uh, we'll come back. Wrap up the show after this.
2: Front Row Knowles on 97.9 ESPN Radio is presented by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Now, back to Tom and Keith.
1: We may have set a record today. Correct me if I'm wrong. Well, I know I did because I made my first mistake of calendar year 2019. Thank you, Matthew, for looking up the loss information. L.S. uh, in for Kennedy
0: i'm glad to know that uh you are willing to admit that yeah that's, Four months. that's pretty right. good i made
1: a mistake in the calendar year
0: you keep believing that if you want to <laughs> what i was going to say is we didn't discuss fsu football at any point in the show till i mentioned kenny shaw did we i don't think we did so here we are in the last segment and let's bring it back to football kenny. there we go it's what people
1: want to hear about we right? got a two sport star coming in right according to everything we do
0: we do and that was uh that's another solid pickup Willie's been doing well on the recruiting trail uh coach Taggart and company have uh done a nice job that this class is climbing with several commits of late what I was going to speak to is not so much these guys that we'll have to wait and see if they ultimately sign in December which still seems weird to say I guess I better get used to it But, no, some of the other guys that uh, they're bringing in should be here Monday, I think. Maybe not all of them, but I'm talking about the quarterbacks, Wyatt Rector, Wisconsin transfer, uh, the line, the the offensive tackle transfer that's coming in from Northern Illinois. So, uh, you know, a lot of times the football players, the incoming freshmen, they show up mid to late June for the second half of the summer school, if you will. These guys
1: are coming in early, which uh, doesn't hurt their cause, obviously, to get acclimated. And, again, you go back, our listeners get tired of me, but back back. 40 years ago that never happened freshmen came in in august in september uh there was no coming in early there was no coming in over the summer in fact we didn't even stay in town over the summer we would go back home uh wherever home was uh and they would shut down the training table and and there'd be no seven on seven on seven had not been invented of course the personal computer the cell phone and maybe even the fax machine wasn't around we don't have to have either.
0: that conversation again do we if you've got a do-it-yourself project that needs to be finished, go visit Ron and his knowledgeable staff at Cornerstone Tool and Fastener to take care of all your power tool needs. Power tools had been invented back then. And help you with a fax machine if you need help with that, too. Ron can get that fixed for you. Is it 1110 Stuckey Avenue, 3269 Crawfordville Highway. Call him at 580-1200 or visit him online at ctf.nu.
1: Hey, we talked about Stan Jones, and congratulations to Coach Jones being inducted into the inaugural class of the assistant basketball uh, assistant coaches for Basketball Hall of Fame. Who else was a member of that class? I didn't know until I, I read through. One Steve Robinson, former FSU head coach. So another connection there. we we're, we're, we got connections all over the place. Really nice guy, really tough stint when he was head coach here. A great coach, Tommy, in my estimation, a great coach. His problem was he would go after the big recruits. He'd go after the four and five stars. And for whatever reason, I don't know, couldn't get him. And he'd end up at the end of the recruiting season with two kids and scrambling to find three more that you know just didn't make it. But in terms of, of X's and O's, a great coach. And that's why he's been with Royce for so long.
0: Rather than continue to relive the Steve Robinson years, let's look ahead. So now are you feeling more optimistic about football season? Where are you right now
1: on May the 8th about this season uh i i am one of those that thinks and i'm going to be measured this year i was overly optimistic i think many of us were last year so i'm going to be measuredly conservative measuredly with not withdrawn what's what's the word give me some words i'm trying to look for you're just going to be conservative is what you're saying yeah eight wins eight wins eight wins and i'll be happy as i said last week happy 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 with eight wins how about you I'm there. I'm 8'9", is where I am.
0: This is how it works every year by the time August rolls around. 11-1, and one, baby. 11-1. <laughs> and one. Oh. You should see Wyatt Rector at practice. They're going to have a package just for him. <laughs> and then Cam's going to come in and run the shotgun. That's right. We're still going to have the wild Cam. And let me—that's t- the way it goes, though. Oh. This is what happens. We're going to we, line up we, with seven offensive linemen. We are—we are in silly season, though, which is—it's—it's it's conference realignment rumors, which we haven't heard yet. And in the next couple of weeks, you'll hear that guaranteed. You'll hear that some so and so is looking at exploring this conference. But uh, we're in the ranking season too, where everybody puts a ranking on every job and every coach and every quarterback and all that. And all it does is uh, introduce clicks and, and that sort of thing. And it's too late in the show for us to, to devolve into the rankings. But uh, I guess the point I'm making is the long, hot days of summer are here. There you go. We will be back again next week, as always. He's Keith. I'm Tom. Thanks to Matthew on the other side of the glass. Thanks for uh, the Colonel Chip Baker for walking us down memory lane. And thanks for our Seminoles.com insider, Timbo. Timmy. For joining us, as always. Talk to you next week.
2: In the classroom. To leave there, kids alone